welcome to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. Let's get inspired. Hi friends and welcome to the very first episode of Season 3 of the Crafting and Coffee Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Latta, and if you're not familiar with my work, you can find me at amylattacreations.com. I'm an author and an artist. I do all different types of crafting. My specialty is hand lettering, but I like to dabble in a little bit of everything. And my main goal is to share that and those skills and uh, hopefully inspire you all to dive into your own creativity and discover that you can also create beautiful things and to encourage you in your creative journey. So today, what I wanna talk about is a question that I'm faced with a lot of times, which is, do I make it or do I buy it? So as a crafty person, as someone who's creative, you probably know exactly what I mean if you say that creatives often get a case of, I can make that-itis. So sometimes you're walking, let's say you're in Hobby Lobby or you're in Kohl's or Target and you look at the wall art or the decor, the pillows, something catches your eye and you're like, oh my gosh, I love that. That's something I would love to have in my home or this would make a perfect gift. But then as you're getting ready to put it in your cart, all of a sudden you get hit with, I can make that itis. And you think to yourself, oh, but I could make that. So the question I think sometimes comes down to, should we make that thing or should we just purchase the one that's there in our hand? Sometimes that can be a tricky decision to make because on one hand we think, well, I could do it, so doesn't that mean I should? And on the other hand, sometimes we think, oh, well, isn't it just easier to go ahead and buy this one? It's already made. So I know I struggle with this sometimes, trying to figure out which is the best decision for any particular thing that I might see and love. Uh, So I thought about four different questions that I tend to ask myself when I'm trying to make the decision, should I make it or should I buy it? And I thought I would share those four questions with you today so that you can put them to use too. So the first question that I ask myself when I'm looking at something is, can I source the materials? Sometimes I'll be, for example, in home goods, and I might see a gorgeous piece of furniture. I love colored furniture, particularly teal. I also love painted furniture that's white or gray. All those things go with my decor. And sometimes I'll see like a really cute little end table or um, another colored piece that I think would look great in my home. And I think, oh, but you know, I could find something and repurpose it. I could make that. But sometimes you have to step back and ask yourself, can I actually source the materials? Can I find a table that's going to be the same size and shape as this one that I actually really like? Another thing that I had trouble sourcing in the past is I would be in Hobby Lobby and I would see those gorgeous great big wall signs. And I would think, oh, you know, I could easily letter a sign like that. But the problem was I couldn't source the sign itself. I'm not a woodworker and I wouldn't know where to begin to walk into Home Depot and say, oh, I need this and this. And, you know, a lot of those signs are so pretty. They're that whitewashed wood and they have that wooden frame around them, that that beautiful farmhouse style. I'm not interested in making a frame for a piece of wood and I don't really know how to do it. I don't know where or how to source those materials. And so I didn't have the base that I needed. If somebody gave me a base, absolutely I could repurpose or I could recreate that sign that I really liked. But without the materials, 
it's not really a possible project. Now, fortunately, I have found a source, which is also Hobby Lobby itself. They um, have started selling some pre-framed and whitewashed boards that I've been using lately. But the question is, when you're looking at whatever this particular thing is, you have to ask yourself, can I source the materials that I would need to make this the way that I want it to look? Maybe it's something that's made out of fabric. Can you find a fabric that's the right color, the right texture? Can you find something that's the right size? You know, if it's a piece of jewelry, can I find beads like those? Uh, if it's something that's crocheted, can I find this color and texture and size of yarn? If the answer is yes, and you think that you can find a reasonable facsimile and get the materials that you need, by all means, that might be a sign to go ahead and try to make it yourself. But if the answer is no, I think you're gonna be better off putting whatever it is in the cart and just calling it a day because you're gonna give yourself a headache trying to find the things that you need to recreate something. And chances are, if you can't find the right materials and you're substituting things, you're never gonna be truly happy with the way that it turns out. So that's question one. Can I source the materials I would need to recreate this in a way I would love? Question number two, can I afford to make it? Which may sound silly because for me, a lot of the time when I'm looking at something, maybe it is a piece of wall art and they're selling it for 60 or $70 and I'm thinking, oh, I really just don't want to pay that. I'm sure I could make it. I can probably find what I need and I can whip something up a lot cheaper. And sometimes you absolutely can. Those sign blanks I was talking about at Hobby Lobby, if you have a good 40% off coupon and you buy one of those and then you have paint pens in your stash, you're good to go and you can make yourself something for a fraction of the price. However, if you are going to find yourself paying an exorbitant amount for the supplies, you might end up actually paying more to make something than to buy the one that's been pre-created. For example, I remember years ago, back, gosh, I guess it's been six or eight years now, I first saw a metal stamped necklace. It was one of the Lisa Leonard designs. Her stuff is beautiful. And it was um, stamped with the names of your kids and it had little birthstones in it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so lovely. And I just think it's beautiful. And it was about $100 to get the different charms and things that I wanted. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I could get the supplies, go to the store, get you know jewelry things and make my own. What I realized was that metal stamping, while it's a really fun hobby, is not an inexpensive hobby when you first begin. Now, that said, I did actually purchase the supplies. I got into metal stamping and over time, those things have more than paid for themselves. And I've been able to make all kinds of jewelry pieces and gifts and things that cost you know, maybe a few dollars a piece at this point because I've already invested in the initial supplies. But when you first go to say, I want to metal stamp a necklace or a ring, you're not just buying the blank itself, which might be $5. You're also gonna have to purchase an alphabet set, which could run between 50 and $80, depending on the size and style. You're gonna have to get a hammer if you don't have one. You're gonna need a steel stamping block, which could be 20 to $30. You're gonna need jewelry findings, like a chain, jump rings. You're gonna need jewelry tools, pliers, um, all kinds of things that you'll need to cut the chain and things to open and close the jump rings. 
all in all, once you make that investment, you're going to need to pay about $150 to $200 just to get the startup supplies to make one piece of metal stamp jewelry. So if it's something that you think you're going to do more often, you're going to turn it into a hobby like I did, and you actually want to metal stamp lots of things, it may be worth that initial investment. And eventually, like I said, those things are going to more than pay for themselves. However, if not, if you just want that one necklace, it is not worth your money (laughs) to invest in all of that startup stuff. If you're going to make it once and say, oh, you know, this isn't for me, you've paid way more for that one necklace that you made than for the one that you would have purchased. So you always want to keep in mind how much is the cost of the supply uh, or supplies that I'm going to be purchasing. Another example is furniture. You know, if you're trying to recreate a piece of furniture or something like that, or something with fabric, fabric and fleeces and things like that can add up really fast. You can think, oh, I could sew that for much cheaper. But the reality is sometimes you can't. And you're also buying findings, things like zippers and buttons and all of those things add up. So you do want to make sure that you're pricing it out and making sure that you actually are saving money if that's part of the purpose behind why you want it to make something in the first place. Now, there are ways that you can shop around. You can go to thrift stores. I love to do furniture upcycles, but I never pay full price for a piece. I always wait for bulk trash day and see what the neighbors are putting out on the curb. Uh, Within reason, of course, I um, check out yard sales. I check out thrift stores. I ask friends who also have craft stashes like hey do you happen to have any of this on hand I personally have a huge collection of paint from my time working with plaid crafts if anybody I know needs paint all they need to do is ask and I probably have it um, plenty of it in lots of colors and types and with glitter without glitter I have all the Mod Podge that I will need for the rest of my life probably because they gave me gallon jugs of it so you know you may know somebody who happens to have a craft stash or if you happen to have some of those things in your own stash you don't have to worry about the cost that's going to be incurred if you need to use those so there are ways that you can lower the price of what you may want to make but you always want to ask yourself can I source the materials and how much are those materials going to cost? Can I afford to make this project? The third question that I ask myself is can I spare the time? Handmade projects take time. Some things like when I decide that I'm going to use a paint pen and I'm going to letter on a little purse that I got at Target, that might take me literally five minutes. Yes, I can spare that time and I got the purse in the dollar section, it was cheap, I sourced the material and it didn't break the bank, that is an easy win. That's a yes, you wanna make this instead of paying for a designer one. However, if you need whatever the thing is yesterday, you may not have the time to invest to do the project the way that you really wanna do it, especially things that need to be sewed or things that need to be painted. Uh, For example, I told you I like to do furniture upcycles, but really big pieces, I run away from. I did my kitchen cabinets one time and I would never do that again because it took me a week. I had to do primer, I had to do like three or four layers of chalk paint, I had to do wax and sealer. It took forever. I love the way it turned out, but it just took such a long time and the process was not fun for me. I like to do the more creative things. I like to do the lettering and the embellishing. I like to make things fancy and pretty and 
I like projects that take half an hour or less, to be quite honest. I don't love the act of base coating something and then waiting for it to dry. Waiting for paint to dry is literally one of my least favorite things in the world. Maybe you are super patient. Maybe you like to paint a coat of something and then go read a book and then come back to it. That is not my personality. I am the one who's standing there fanning it with something and trying to hit it with a heat gun to make it dry faster so I can put the next coat on quicker. Um, I and <laughs> Unfortunately, that has caused me to ruin some projects because I'm not patient. I don't wait. I don't want to take the time or I don't have the time to invest. And that costs me in the long run because my project doesn't last. It doesn't hold up or it doesn't look the way I wanted it to. So do you have the time to invest to do what you need to do? Is it quick and easy or is it something that's going to really take you a while to invest in? And while you're at it, ask yourself, do I enjoy the process of doing this project? Not only do I have the time to do it, do I want to? Like I said, I hate waiting for coats of paint to dry. So I do little pieces of furniture, but I have been putting off doing my husband's dresser for about a year now. I redid my dresser and it was a huge project. I did it right, I took my time, I love how it turned out, but I hated doing it. I know I need to do his so that it matches and that's the last piece that needs to be painted in our bedroom. But guys, oh, the thought of it, it just makes me wanna curl in a ball and cry. So. Don't sign yourself up to do a project that you're going to dread because not only is it not going to be fun, chances are it's not going to get done. You're going to be like me. You're going to procrastinate and put it off and say, oh, I'll start that tomorrow. I'll start that next week. I'll start that next month. And it'll never actually get done because you're dreading doing it. None of us make it a priority to do things that we don't want to do. So we're down to um, three questions so far. Can I source the materials? Can I afford the materials? And can I spare the time? And if I can, do I want to actually do the process? Um, Another example for this question is um, a couple years ago, I made a piece that I absolutely adore. It's a piece of subway style chalkboard art that hangs in our kitchen. It's all about coffee. I'm obsessed with coffee. Love it, love it, love it. So I did a piece that has all different kinds of things you'd see in a coffee house, like cappuccino, mocha, macchiato, hazelnut, toffee nut, all those words all over it. Coffee beans, little illustrations of coffee cups. But what I did was I went to the Goodwill and I found what used to be a, frankly, really ugly large piece of framed floral art. Um, It was something that probably was really, really popular in 1984, and somebody loved it a lot, and eventually they didn't love it anymore. So they took it to Goodwill, and I got it for about $5. I couldn't get the picture out of the frame, so what I did was I just painted the glass with black paint. I repainted the frame. I told you that I've got like a kind of a coastal farmhouse vibe going here with the teals and the grays and the whites and neutrals. So I painted the frame a teal and then I went back with white paint pen and I did the chalk lettering. And I love the way it turned out, but I hated the process of repainting that frame and making the chalkboard background. And, you know, it just, it took forever. Again, I had to wait for coats of paint to dry and that wasn't the fun part for me. I loved that it was cheap, but the doing of it wasn't fun. The fun part for me was doing the lettering, the chalkboard art. So when I needed a new piece of chalkboard art for the book that I just finished up writing, 
I decided it was worth it to me to pay a little bit more money to go ahead and get a pre-done, pre-framed chalkboard surface from Michaels. I used a coupon. It still, it was less than $20. And I got an actual chalkboard surface and did something similar with the chalkboard art on it loved doing it. It was so much easier. So sometimes you can sort of compromise where you're still making the piece of art, but maybe not making it from scratch or doing as many of the steps yourself. So in that case, I eliminated the part that I hated doing and did the part that I love. So that brings us to our fourth question, which is, can I make it better? So you're standing in Hobby Lobby and you're looking at this sign and you're saying, oh my gosh, I love this. I want this in my house. The question is, do you absolutely love it just the way it is? Or is there something about it that you would change, that you would personalize, that you would make better? For example, recently I was in Hobby Lobby and saw a gorgeous big framed farmhouse sign that said, and together they built a life they loved. And I thought, oh my gosh, I need this sign in my house. It perfectly sums up the story of myself and my husband and our kids. You know, if you have been following along for a while, you know that our story is one of a biological son and an adopted son. We took a trip to China two and a half years ago and brought Nathan home and our lives have been completely changed. And it's been the most beautiful, wonderful, redemptive story. And I would love to share with you more about that sometime or answer any questions that you might have um, about adoption. But just know that this quote together they built a life they loved like we um our story doesn't look like i expected it to look but it is a life we love we have built our family we have um made our house into a home we have you know done all kinds of things to create the life that we wanted for ourselves you know my husband just recently made a switch in his job and he's so much happier than he's ever been before i gosh five, eight years ago, I guess, I started the website and I started working for myself, using my art to make a career, and I could not be happier about that decision. It's building the life that we wanted for ourselves. And I thought, I love this quote. I need this in my house. The problem was I didn't love the way that it was written. I didn't like the style of it, the font. I thought, oh gosh, I want this phrase, but I want it in my lettering. And not just because I think my lettering looks better than what's done on this, but because it's personal, it's mine. And so I got one of those sign blanks that I told you about, and I did it my way. I spaced it out the way I wanted it. I used the fonts that I wanted, and it's in my handwriting, and I love it to pieces. It's one of my favorite things in our house because I made it the way I wanted it to be. I've got lots and lots of other things like that around the house where, you know, it's personalized. It has our names on it. It has our wedding date or the date that the kids were born or joined our family. Um, There's lots of ways that you can take something that is not particularly personal and make it personal, whether that's through hand lettering or it's through using something like the Cricut and vinyl or iron-on. There's tons of ways that you can personalize things and make them truly your own. Sometimes I also see something like I might see, let's say, a decorative throw pillow or a blanket or something, and I think it's beautiful, but it doesn't match my house. It doesn't go with my color scheme. So in my world, I would make it better for me 
maybe not better for everyone, but better for me by making it teal or making it gray or whatever it is that would fit into that particular space in my home. So that's the fourth question. Can I make this better for me, more personal, um, my style? And if the answer is yes, then I think almost always the answer is you should make it. I think one of the best things, one of the most precious and wonderful things about handmade things is that you can create whatever you want. It can be your colors, it can be your handwriting, it can be your stamping, it can be your fabric choice, it can be whatever you want. And so if you can take that thing and put yourself into it, then it's always going to be a yes for me for should I make this instead of buy it. Now, if you're looking at that thing and thinking, you know what? I think it's beautiful the way it is. It would perfectly fit into my home. I like the style. I like the font. I like the color. I like the fabric, whatever the case might be. Then friend, maybe you ought to buy it. If you're looking at it and you can't think of how you would make it better, just that you could maybe duplicate it or recreate it, I would buy it. Sometimes it's not worth the hassle if you're trying to reproduce something exactly. The fun in creativity is the creativity, is the putting you into it. And if you're just going to redo something and try to create something that's exactly like what's in your hand, I think you're probably better served with what you're holding. Because what you create may not measure up in your mind. You're constantly going to be thinking, oh, but I really loved the one at Target. And you're going to be comparing what you made and thinking maybe it doesn't measure up. So if you love it as is, by all means buy it. But if you're looking at it thinking, oh, this would be perfect if, then that's when you go and source your materials and you check to make sure you can afford it, check to make sure you can spare the time, and then you go do it and you make it better. So for me, those are the questions that always come back to mind when I'm asking myself with a good case of I can make that itis, should I make it or should I buy it? Can I source the materials? Can I afford the materials? Can I spare the time and do I want to? And can I make this better for me? So if the answer to all of those questions is yes, yes, I can source the materials, I can afford to make it, I can and want to spare the time, and I can make it better, then friend, you go do. You get what you need and you make that thing and you make it better than it's ever been. If the answer to those questions is a no, then put that sucker in your cart and get you to the checkout, friend, and you take that thing home and you put it in your house and you love it and enjoy it and don't feel bad that you didn't make it. Because you know what? Life is all about balance. Sometimes we make it, sometimes we buy it. And either way, it's going to make your home a little bit more fun. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm excited about starting season three of this podcast with you. I apologize for the extra long break, but I've been very busy working on my manuscript for book number five, which is called Hand Lettering Off the Page, and I cannot wait for that to hit the shelves in November of 2020. You can pre-order it on Amazon already, and it's basically going to be unlike any of the other hand lettering books that I've created so far, because instead of just being a workbook where you create on the page, it's going 
going to take your lettering off the page onto all kinds of surfaces like ceramics, fabric, chalkboard, glass, mirrors, and so much more, including wearables like shoes and purses, uh, tote bags, all kinds of fun things. I am in love with the 25 projects that I created, and I think that you will be too. So um, that is why I haven't been on the podcast scene. I've been up to my ears creating lettering projects on all kinds of things, photographing them and um, getting them all in manuscript form and ready to go for you. So um, I hope you'll join me in my excitement about that. Again, you can pre-order on Amazon Hand Lettering Off the Page by Amy Latta. And in the meantime, I hope that you will check out all the exciting things that are on my website right now. I've got some hand lettering design grids that I just put up, as well as a fun little St. Patrick's Day project that you can do. Um, And you can get your home, uh, especially if it's farmhouse style, you can get it festive for St. Patrick's Day with some hand-lettered signs. So check it out at amylattacreations.com and be sure to tune in to Good Day PA the second Wednesday of the month at 10 a.m. for my monthly craft segment, Getting Crafty. So until next time, friends, happy creating. Thanks for listening to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. For more inspiration, check out amylattacreations.com.